Welcome to the Stories Are Soul Food podcast, presented by Cannonball Books, the kids' fiction imprint of Cannon Press. Met a ghost of a king on the road when I first fell. Fire burning to my knees, to my knees I fell. Met a ghost of a king on the road. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, um, important to start out. I was just told by someone who's a SASF listener who finally saw us in person. They're worried that because we're a literary podcast, we'd be wearing sweater vests. Huh. And then they saw, and I said, Nate would not be caught dead in a sweater vest. <laughs> I might be. <laughs> I might have a sweater vest somewhere. Uh, I don't think I do. I don't think I do. I did once. I had one as once. a child. Christy and I have a long running joke where we take a sweater vest and whoever it's like, it's like you hide it and you're like, what is this doing in my drawer? It's that's so it's not a very good, it's not a good joke. It's a hilarious joke, bro. <laughs> But it's one that we have. You, you plant a sweater vest in your <laughs> wife's drawers. Nice. Yeah. She's always Fantastic. like, terrible clothes? Uh, I think I think I'm mostly, since we started filming, I've been almost always in sweats. Yep. Because it's been non, nonstop athletic season. Yeah. Um, even now, I've been taking receiving texts about canceling track practice today before the lightnings. Ooh. Um, and you said, no, run faster. Faster. Outrun it. <laughs> Outrun it. Uh, but yeah. I've been heavily sweat panted since we started yeah. started filming this no, through basketball season into track season. And now it's funny because as right as we wrap track season, summer league starts for basketball. So I'm actually yeah. going to be realizing that this just doesn't stop. Right. It doesn't stop. I'm constantly yeah. yelling at children all year. Do we want to call out, start a podcast war with some other book podcast that probably does wear sweater vests? I wouldn't, I don't know if any other podcast. (laughs) (laughs) No wars because (laughs) Nate literally doesn't think about you. (laughs) I'm in, I'm, I sit in a dark room with you. That's all I know. That's what we do. That's all I know is I show up and we talk about no sweater vests. I'm offended. You think our voices sound like sweater vests. The fact that we sounded sweater vested is, is how does that sound? I don't know. What does a sweater vested voice sound like? Or is it just the fact Probably. that we've read Tolkien? Right. Yeah. That's yeah. That could be it. Super we've read, nerdy. We've read Tolkien. The second question or second observation got a piece of fan mail saying that after, you know, we did the episode on telling your how written stories are so much more compelling than your own yeah. lived events. Um, June found it in Psalm 77, where David is having a very tough time. And turns to Israel's history to yep. help him with his personal uh, yep. troubles. And June was pointing out that no guidance counselor is going to tell you that. You no. know, turn to the American history or no. Israel's history. Go read about Valley Forge. Yeah, I, mean, I, I said it at one point. It's like if you have a really horrible tra- travel incident or something, like write it in a letter to Lewis and Clark. You yeah. know, just be familiar with history. Yeah. Like read other stories is is important. The other thing I, I was actually talking to a friend last night. And for good or ill, this actually, maybe this is our sports episode. Okay. Have we had sports episodes? No, I don't think so. Not directly. We yeah. did coaching. We did a coaching episode. Let me, we, we did a coaching episode. No, let's do sports. Yeah. Let's do sports. Yeah. Brian folds his papers and start putting I'm, them away. I'm putting, I'm putting, <laughs> putting away what we were planning. <laughs> what were we planning? First, let's compare. Murder mysteries as the worst, okay. as the worst genre. Interesting. We can still talk about that if we run out of sports content. We have a short episode today, so there's no way we run out of it. I think we need to hit sports as the anti-sweater vest episode. Yeah, we're so threatened 
by that comment that we stand we we sounded <laughs> thanks, Dave. Which thanks Dave. We we sounded sweater vested. And so now we have to talk about athletic prowess. Uh, I was talking to a friend yesterday and it was it was kind of funny because I was not a I was not a bad student. Um but when I think about like specific or try to remember specific lectures or specific information from my studies, from classrooms. I do not remember. Mm. There, there's things you just know. You right. know, A squared plus B squared equals C squared. And you don't, right. you don't need to remember when you learned it. You just have it in your head. And it wasn't until after grad school that I figured out how to actually do it like Euclid and actually learn what that means and be able to prove it without any numbers. Oh, I just yeah. had it memorized in high yeah, school, yeah. right? A yeah. squared plus B squared equals C squared. But I think I scroll through and I try to remember any particular lecture or any particular sequence of information. And I come up absolutely blank. Like just blank. Wow. I know stuff. There's stuff in there, you know, <laughs> but I don't remember. I don't remember any of it. You and me must have done school so differently. <laughs> so, so differently. <laughs> so I remember things. Yeah. I remember like, oh, when we were covering, uh, you know, fill in the blank book or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I go, okay. I, I, okay. Like, vet, it's vague. Okay, gotcha. I remember reading books. I remember, I don't remember a single lecture. Okay. Not one. Yeah, I remember more elementary than high school. Right. I, I remember, yeah. then I think about specific assignments and- your dad in our in our family, your dad famously gave one of my kids uh, my travel brochure that I did in fifth grade. I was like, hey, look what your dad did when he was in fifth grade. And I did not remember that there had ever been a travel brochure uh, <laughs> assignment. Yeah. But your dad, of course, remembered it and had re recalled individual students. Right. So his memory is strange. But here's the the thing that's so weird about this is so I don't mean to demean education. Education is absolutely in you know essential important everything else but mandated by god yeah but it's molding you're like you are clay being molded and afterwards you're a particular shape and you're not sure why you know sure it's like yeah. it kind of it happens to you the education happens to you i remember making a an orange monkey puppet with an eye patch and naming him keel hall i remember doing that in elementary school i remember that in sixth like fifth in, grade as well yeah yeah <laughs> the puppet yeah i remember in sixth grade, doing a presentation on world religions that I found in with my friend. And so we just made a big Lego idol that we brought in. Fantastic. And, and then I set fire to a Lego man tied to a stake in front of it. No way. And <laughs> I remember that. I, I, and I remember the reaction of all my classmates as they all exploded out of their desks and came pouring forward while this Lego man burned. And I remember having, I remember the fact that I had to speak with the authorities after that. I don't. <laughs> I don't remember the conversations, right. but not a single lecture, not one lecture from quite a few years of, you know, classroom work. I remember games. I remember individual plays vividly. Okay. Sports. Yeah. I remember pain and very, very specific moments of discovering ability or just like stubbornness or duration endurance like i remember like practices 
Like I, re- I remember specific practices from 1995 that I could not, you know, it's like at the same time I was in high school, I could not tell you even what classes I was taking. Hmm. Like, I don't, I don't know what classes I was taking at that time. And I could describe individual practices. Yeah. Uh, I would know. Is that a, if you put me in a time what, machine back, does it, does it vary by sport? Or track or basketball uh, I, or lacrosse. Oh, so here's the thing. I barely ran track, right? I coached okay. track. I, I ran track, like not at all kind of mm. squeezed in the gaps of lacrosse. Yeah. So I played lacrosse. Um, I remember track. I remember track workouts. I remember lacrosse workouts, you right. know, so you remember these things. I remember tearing my hamstring in, in track. Um, how do you not remember that? Right. Right. But it's like that. Those kinds of moments. Yeah, I remember the um, feeling of rolling on a field while you're doing lacrosse, like having to yeah, do the, the dive. Yeah, just yeah. The- and like, this is what we're doing. I remember bear crawls and very vividly remember bear crawls in football practice. I remember the bulldog mile where the coach said, okay, the bulldog mile is you're going to run until you pass out or throw up. And we're going to see how long you can last. And we're <laughs> here until every single player has either passed out or thrown up. And I remember that day pretty well i bet which Um, did you do i didn't (laughs) oh you Uh, won no i won i won with uh my buddy jeremy spencer and i feel like another guy deacon james may have been involved in that victory but three guys from logos we were playing for public school and we just kind of immediately looked at each other like we're not doing either and we're just gonna we're gonna fight the the system we're gonna go straight hunger games so we're gonna tear down the system (laughs) and i remember watching guys pass out and the coaches kick them to make sure they were unconscious (laughs) <laughs> and just still, still going. Um, and it was, that was a huge practice for me. That was a very, very memorable mm. practice. Um, I remember plays in games. I remember, you know, like very, very vividly all these specific things. And I remember these plays that kind of came with uh, defeat and agony. I remember like yeah. wild failures. I remember successes. And they are imprinted vividly and all of them came with uh an increase of resolve or wisdom or ecclesiastes <laughs> like mm. this all vapor yeah like all of them imprinted at a different level and there's ways in which as i entered my efforts as a writer as i as i came into my writing career that stuff like the the things that happened in classrooms that molded me the information that i gained that kind of stuff that was all there it was grist in the mill but my operating system, my actual operating system was entirely established in athletics. Hmm. Like hmm. the the effort, the commitment, the endurance, the struggle, embracing the struggle. Uh, and it's it's weird too, because I remember in college playing um, a game of football at New St. Andrews where we were playing. And it was whatever, we would do it kind of annually at the time. And it was, you know, underclassmen mm-hmm. versus upperclassmen and alumni or different people would filter in different roles. Then it was a tack- game of tackle football with no pads or anything like that. And I remember a guy I really, I really admired a lot, a guy I liked, just losing his mind, like just absolutely losing his mind and his temper and just staring at him, just being like, who are you? Like, what, it, yeah. what is this? Yeah. And realizing that this very good guy had actually never, ever faced this temptation. He'd never been in a situation where he was competing 
And so he had elevated testosterone and competition and stakes mm. and had to control himself yeah. when you were hitting each other. Like how to have self-control and a good attitude while you're like yeah. laying each other out. And that was brand new for him. He'd, he'd been homeschooled. He'd never played sports. He was athletic. He was strong, but he'd never actually been in a place and he got yeah. tackled and he just came up so angry, so mad at the person who had cleanly tackled him. Right. And just couldn't, yeah, couldn't control the, you know, the rage and everything else. So this, it's not to say this is for everybody, but it is to say that for myself and for my kids, the, the character formation of athletics, yeah. like, is has been absolutely essential to the the project of being a character in a story yeah to the project of then taking the taking the lessons from the field from the court you know whatever it is from the track and then applying those lessons in your own scenes like when i am tired and have something to write when i am going into brain surgery when i'm dealing with you know three kids in college and juggling all sorts of mayhem yeah who you are how you push like yeah. whether you quit, whether you roll over, when you quit, when you roll over, when you rest, all those kinds of things are all things that I learned yeah. in competition athletics. Well, man, I'm watching those, you know, I'm coaching U6 rugby, which doesn't right. count as coaching, but oh, it does. it's parenting. I think it's parenting it other people's children. <laughs> but you're totally, uh, you're totally right. I can watch these little kids who never had pain before. Right. And they get stepped on, yep. you know, in a ruck. And you can watch them come out screaming mad and realize yeah. that their parents have been missing. They want to, they actually are looking to take a cheap shot, looking to be cruel. Yeah. They come out of pain. They've received yeah. pain. And so they're looking to inflict pain on yep. somebody else. And, and you can, and it's yeah. so good when you watch, you know, it's a good test for your own boys. See how your yep. own boys are doing. And then to watch, uh oh, this parent had better start getting this kid some pain because he is only getting it for the first time now and he's at least it's red six, mad. but yeah. do that when you're 18 right yeah do that when you're 21 and, and yeah. you, you pick it up and so the there's guys time, who learn in the military there's guys who yeah, like yeah they go enlist and they learn it there there's different places and times when people learn these things but i would also add uh girls in sports too mm. there's obviously there's there are plenty of guys who never learn to control their temper right yeah. in sports we've all seen those guys where yeah uh i was just at a, a tournament where parents were like cursing out my son on the court and standing up and threatening violence and got him ejected from a basketball game which was pretty awesome Whoa. um you know it's like it's you know the ref basically negotiated with a bunch of terrorists and ended up ejecting him uh because his, his defense was uh a little too locked tight and they were upset mm. um so they they had a uh a, a really um effective uh, player who was killing us and so our coach said put Seamus on him and just said don't let him touch the ball like just lock him down so he, full just, court. Face, face so he just went like okay I'm no help defense and he locked the guy up and his his fans and parents were started losing their minds and and just like and so the the fact is my 16 year old son the experience and now this is obviously a result of the fall and it's nonsense as part of sports culture that people think is bad mm -hmm. and it is bad for them to have done it but it's great for me as a parent so for me to have my son down there on the court with 12 full-grown adults standing in the second row swearing at him cursing him out threatening violence against him you know screaming at the ref about him 
Like I love that. What's the justi- I love that. What's the justification? They don't. You don't need one. You know, yeah. it's like <laughs> I was trying to think. It was fa- he's playing physical defense. He's playing. Right. He's face guarding him. The refs yeah. right there watching. It's like he's. It's entirely legal defense, but right. it was just extremely frustrating. Yeah. It was just yeah. an extremely frustrating experience. <clears throat> Suddenly, their point guard couldn't touch the basketball. Yeah, and you know, it just. It's funny to me too that the the visceral emotional moments that hoop fest can do that for you. Yeah. That's what you're talking about. Yep. I'm realizing because I can think back to high school and the moment I really got that like insane love is closer to hate. You know, the moment with Dido and Aeneas where yeah. all of a sudden she flips from loving him to hating him. Yep. That's a life lesson that I've taken and seen before where <laughs> you watch the ultra fan become the yeah. ultra. The ultra hater. The ultra hater. But you're right. As far as that physical emotion, yeah. take me back to this one hoop fest game versus... Yeah. Yeah, and the, and the fact is, if I said, hey, describe the lecture in junior yeah. high or high school where you learned the most. Yeah. And it'd be really difficult to do it, but you get into those heightened visceral moments in athletics and yeah. you actually can it's go to a hoop fest game. Yep. Like, yep. I remember what it felt like. I remember the ref. I remember my wife even getting involved, which never happens. Other than <laughs> other than, but like, yeah, it's pretty fun. You yeah. Know? That, you're that like, moment oh, you're like, of, okay, yeah. there, there we are. Yeah. But it is, it's really funny because like, We've all, we all know the people who are in sports culture and they're not learning any of the lessons, right? Yeah. They're just hooked up to the adrenaline and the competition yeah. like a drug. It's not healthy. Like those people exist. Those baseball dads exist. Right. They're real. Those soccer moms are real. They're a real yeah. thing. For me, from my experience and for what we've been able to do, I love having them there mm. because they're useful to me in training my people. <laughs> they become a tool. Yeah. A they're really yeah. tool, yeah. And so the fact is, I like my son is a kid who's been, you know, shoved up against a cop car for protesting arrests at one of our psalm sings. Yeah. Like he's been prosecuted. He's been threatened with juvie. He's had all these things happen to him in real life. You know, like, uh, like around worldview issues, issues and conflicts and all this kind of stuff. And he trains for those moments with moms in Seattle screaming at him, mm-hmm. you know, in a basketball game. Um, then how else do you train for that? You can't train for it in a classroom. Yeah. Like you really, you really can't. And so I mean, I remember you trying to, you know, uh, imitate that for us at NSA, yeah. right? When you took on the atheist for an hour and a half, yeah, like yeah, basically yeah. you be an atheist for an hour. Yeah. No, the, the devil's advocacy, the fights. Right. Where it's like, okay. But I'm, even that is, we know the emotion's not really there. No. It's verbal sword play. It's like yeah. f- fencing at 60% of the speed. You can still really frustrate the student. Yeah. But nothing like what they'll get. Right. You know, and so I, I recently was talking to a kid who was who was like, yeah, I was at a track meet and a guy came up and he like just cussed me out and was talking about my my schoolmates and classmates and just cussing about the whole thing. And I was like, what'd you do? And he's like, I just froze. I didn't do anything. I just stood there. And it was kind of like, okay, like that's not the answer. <laughs> like that's <laughs> It doesn't mean you're not going to talk smack back, but you have to find a way to diffuse it. You have to find a way to be unintimidated by it. You have to find a way to actually show no fear in in response. Because if we freeze when the world comes at us, if we freeze up, like most of the evangelical church did during COVID, if we freeze up in those moments, uh, it turns out that all those people had not been screamed at on a basketball court. Yeah. They had not taken a shot in the back, an illegal block on the football yeah. field. They've not actually yep. been in faux combat. Never been punched below the belt in yeah. a basketball game. Yeah, know? They, like, exactly. Yeah, They'd yeah. never been in faux combat, and so they weren't ready for 
actual combat. So, so I, I, I really, yeah. I really love sports as a mechanism of training. And I am fully aware that it's a, you know, sports are a mocker. They destroy people, people, they're, yeah. they're an idol. People use them. The community college, like I'm going to play a community college, you know, like, yeah. and that's my, not that playing it's bad, but that that's your goal. You know, you watch right. it, it becomes, you know, you're not good enough for the pros, yeah. but you know, there's, there's to... plenty of opportunities for people to over obsess about the, the thing yeah. itself. Right. I, um, I mean, I have cerebral, a couple guys who are good at school. Right. And so when I put them on a rugby field and the, the one lesson to them is you may not hesitate. Yeah. Like that's before every game is you have to get the ball. You have to hit. Don't think like for me, that's super helpful because yeah. they're, they're thinkers. I have an, I have a very, I have a very and... intelligent family member like who hid in a porta potty during football practice. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, but yeah. off the charts, intelligent, right. In the classroom. Right. And you think, okay, man, where are the lessons to learn? Right. Like here where it's physical and awful and terrible is where I, I just need to get out. I need to get out of here. Yeah. And the problem is the nature of the world is such that we can't do that. Yep. You know, like we don't get to sit around and think thoughts. And so the yeah. intellectual training of a classroom is essential. It's really important. Right. But it's also never going to get you all the way to where you need to be. And so as much, <laughs> as much as sports, as much as sports can be a problem, a distraction, uh, you know, it's like, I think of it as like alcohol. Okay. So, oh, interesting. Uh, That's a good you know, point. it's, we have served our kids wine on Saturday nights, virtually their whole lives. You know, like they've had wine once a week. Mm -hmm. uh, Parental usually, supervision. Yeah. Usually yeah. in my parents' house, you know, at Sabbath right. dinner, we'd go to, you know, when, when it was my mom and dad hosting it, we'd go to their house when it's been my sister and her husband hosting it, we go to their house. There's little glasses, like tiny little kid glasses, and they have tiny little, you know, glasses of wine. And we have a liturgy of Thanksgiving and preparation for worship in the next week and a blessing and everybody toasts and they drink the wine. And so they've had from a very tiny age, mm -hmm. from a very tiny age, they had wine in its proper place. Yeah. You know, it's like in a, in a controlled place, but it's, it's, uh, it doesn't have this mystique or taboo for them. It is not this thing held, held away. They've never been thrilled and excited by the idea of getting old enough to drink. They've had, you know, like they've had it in this environment in a healthy, like a very healthy environment for a long time. Yeah. And it's been served to them by their grandparents and who, you know, their grandfather happens to be the pastor. It's been served to them by their aunt and uncle. It's been served to them by their parents. And like, and then their cousins all have it too. Mm -hmm. And all the adults have it and nobody abuses it right. and nobody drinks too much. And see, I've see never been play, drunk in my life. And, you know, it's like, and we like, these are the. The play that gets run though, is people say, Hey, haven't you seen how alcohol destroys families? Hundred percent. Alcohol is a mocker. Wine, right. wine is a mocker. Right. Like so. Yes. But the answer God gave is not get rid of it, which is interesting. Yeah. Because right? the, the teetotaler move. Right. Uh, you know, my grandparents were teetotalers, and slowly over the course of their life, they were fine with taking it as communion. Right. Yeah. It was kind of one of their character progressions with my yeah. grandparents. No, my grandmother was a was a teetotaler, and then my grandfather was, based on a vow he took <laughs> like a oh, Nazarite yeah. vow in order to marry her he did not think 
Like he did, he didn't actually think that it was something that was immoral. Yeah. He was like, this is part of the contract to, to land the missionary from Japan. Like, so he just, you know, you count your costs. Yeah. Yep. He's like, okay, there's trade-offs and he, yep. stu- he stuck with it and, and good on him. Like he like, yeah. great job. But the, the point is that wine is a mocker. Right. And so when I see sports and athletic obsession and everything else, I see people abusing a good thing. I see people like yeah. having too much to drink. I see that. And when I see that, I want to address that behavior, but I don't want to address, uh, yeah. I don't want to try well, to I think turn part off of that competition. Is community, right? Yeah. We're all about building our community here and mm-hmm. you, you're involved in coaching and you see what a lot of intelligent, high-performing academic kids need. Yes. And, what- and I'm not looking for, and this, as fun as it is, I'm not looking for like, hey, let's go play Frisbee. Let's go play some beach volleyball at the church picnic and just have fun. Although my dad has always said, you really discover very quickly at that volleyball, the church picnic, who has some spiritual problems. Like <laughs> the people, so <laughs> like how quickly somebody cannot control themselves, yeah. even in that environment. And the, yep. the answer there is they take them to city league and let them get just yep. beat up. Let them like compete at, you know, at maximum and learn to control this, like learn like where the handles are. Right. And so in your own life, in everybody's lives where you have struggles, people come to learn this in different ways, right? This isn't the only way, but when you have kids, when you have sons, when you have daughters and you say, Hey, you're going to run track. Like, uh, my favorite track t-shirt says my sport is your sports punishment. Um, it's like, it's, and it's like, hey, we're going to try to run faster. We're going to work hard. You might throw up after your race. Like you're going to push yourself to a, a level of physicality where people will be like, why do girls need to do that? Why do women need to do that? Especially in our culture. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, uh, honestly, especially in our culture, they need to be tough. They need to have resolve. Yeah. They need to know they have the ability to knuckle down and push through pain and get something done. Yeah. Um, the struggle, like the daily struggle that men go through is nothing like the struggle of childbirth. Yeah, like the very, very punctuated, concentrated battle of childbirth right. is, you like know. You have the hardest 24 hours. Yeah, of you that's an intense, life. intense And you've never practiced thing. physically before. No, you like, can't. That's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy to me. That So anyway, all this to say is, it's, is this is not a one prescription fits all at, in yeah. any way. But it's not just, oh, I write stories and I like stories and I happen to also like and sports. And you kind of think so a little exercise is good for kids. That's yeah, not what I you're Yeah, I kind of think a little fresh air, Yeah, hey, even though it is. Right. That's not what I'm doing. And I don't see the two as wildly divorced. You know, when I am, um, and even in Ashtown, like so Ashtown, it was important to me in writing the Ashtown burials that the physical challenges that these kids were having to accomplish to move up uh, through the ranks were actually achievable. Oh yeah. You know, that these were things that 15 year olds could actually yeah. train and do not, uh, the Harry Potter challenges where it's like, well, it's all make believe and magic. And so well, I it's mean, the I, idea I, it, of progressing and training instead of yeah somebody actually doing that it. That was the thing that made me most furious about Aragon. I understand there's plenty of things wrong, right. but those for Aragon, his solution to the problem of his hero being too weak was to make him half elf. Right. So his human hero gets transitioned into a different species in order to succeed. He's literally cannot as a human. He's nice. too weak Perfect. and slow. And that made me very furious. <laughs> I, have, I have many backs, many stories I could tell about Aragon. 
Uh, oh, do it. None of which I, thought I will. Said, <laughs> thought you said we couldn't start a, a feud. <laughs> yes. None, none, none of which I'm going to tell right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's uh yeah, no, I won't. <laughs> Self-control. Um, but all this to say life, a kid living through a season or preparing in the off season for the next season, learning to work with teammates, learning to deal with really high levels of desire and aggression and resolve paired with the inevitable failures yeah. that come. This is one of the reasons why I love baseball is because no matter how, how good you are, you're failing most of the time you're at the plate. Yeah. Like most of the time you're failing and you fail in isolation out in front of everybody with yeah. everyone watching. Oh. And the, there's That's nothing. A, I'm remembering all there's the There's nothing times. like it. I'm there remembering is, all the times. You look back and you're like, why did I not handle that differently? Yeah. Like, next I only, time. Yeah, next time. Next time. <laughs> I only I only played baseball until I was 16. But um, honestly, it is there. there are lessons in baseball like no other sport. Hmm. Like there just are. And it's not my favorite sport. I like football. I like basketball. You know, I like training track. I like the objectivity of track. I like that kind of stuff. But baseball for kids to put on the helmet, to have to suck it up. No, you're not allowed to be scared. You're not allowed to be scared of the moment. You're not allowed to be scared of the ball. And you're not allowed to be scared of failing. And you're going to fail most of the time. <laughs> so you're going to go up to the plate and mom is going to sit there stressing out behind the backstop. And guess what? Mostly you're going to fail. Mm. And mostly you're going to walk back to the dugout in shame. Yeah. Most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> like, and that's, and that, that puts a, a really incredible pressure on, and I think it's really good for guys, especially that to not fear that moment, to yeah. not, to go out there and do your best fearlessly. And then like, take the, take the L yeah. and look for next time and fight for next time our, and our, fight for next time. Our leadership discussions at canon have often involved especially when hiring involved that problem often it's like hey has yeah. this guy played team sports because right because and it, it, even if it's not i don't know you can just tell yep. we've had a number of failures you can point to where you know afterwards we say oh uh -oh. i can see he was never pushed yep. pushed in that way has never yep. had to work for the team has never yeah has never had that moment yep. of your rage building up and then ah you know, yeah, have to control. And I, I would say that um, we can just name names here for a second. Forrest Dickinson, our in-house artist, who's done awesome stuff. Everybody likes Forrest. Anybody who's seen Hello Ninja has seen his work. You know his designs, all that kind of thing. Very like talented, fine artist, etc. I think that his ability to pursue his art like an athlete is one of his biggest advantages. Mm. And the war between the artistic temperament yeah. and his athletic background and what he learned in high school basketball yeah you know it's like in the, the lessons he had to or learn earlier i remember forrest being some some uh mobile home trailer park basketball games <laughs> where forrest got steamed as a little brother of our friend <laughs> so you, so yeah you grew yeah, up I, with, you guys grew up in the same trailer up, park <laughs> yeah we grew up uh, uh helping forrest along his athletic journey <laughs> but the fact is like so he's an artist he's got the artistic temperament he's a sass listener so i know him, i know he's hearing this Oh, um, we did get a feud in. Good. Yeah. So, <laughs> but the the point is, and he he can write in and correct me if I'm wrong, but I would say that no, that's so true. His athletic training, yeah, from Matt Willing in basketball, like what he got there, yeah, is some of the most valuable stuff that he has in his professional life as an artist. Yep. And I think, all, I, given like I say over and over and over again, everybody's a writer. Everybody's writing your scenes. You're writing. You're writing your scenes every day. 
every minute of every day. But where did you develop the resolve and the strength to deal with? And we know that's true because we've worked with artists who are not similarly motivated and can see what happens when you don't have the relentless drive to succeed and try again and get up off the ground and take another crack. Yeah. Put the helmet back on, grab the bat and go back to the plate. Yep. Yeah. But it was so bad last time. (laughs) Like it was so, yep. Yeah, it was. It was so bad last time. So all this, I mean, you could, you could say this whole episode is actually just kind of like a plug for athletic training and for anybody like for kids, anybody who's a parent and who has kids, I'm not saying get obsessed with sports and, and lose all, all sense of perception, you know, of, well, don't lose perspective. Like many, many athletic parents have. It's kind of the goal is yeah. yeah, to give don't, you don't get all hung up of like, Hey, I'm trying to raise a pro athlete. Right. Like what you're trying to do is raise a good person who has a breadth of strengths and has a, a breadth of experience in a synthetic environment, in a faux environment where they have defeats and victories. They have gone on journeys to train and try to get the victory and they've gotten it. They've gone on journeys to get the victory and have experienced the loss anyway. You know, it's like they <laughs> they have to give performance to God and all these other things. Like I just really, really like it for what it can do for for characters as you raise them. And again, wine's a mocker, so are athletics. Anything that gives you that that real charge can be very, very dangerous. And so, yeah. yeah. But all those people who are like mad and angry and uh, as we would say in our family, losing the bubble, all those people who are losing the bubble over, you know, it's like- Losing the bubble? Losing the bubble. Uh, I, I couldn't even tell you the origin. We just talked about losing the bubble. So whether I don't know if it's the bubble of a level, so like Zen, or like yeah, is it the is the bubble of a level just like going there? They lose, yeah, they lose level. But either way, we've always talked about losing the bubble. Okay. And all right, when kid, little kids, toddlers lose the bubble, or you know they yeah. can't hold things in balance and perspective. Uh, I like those adults who are losing the bubble for purposes of my children being berated by them yelled at by them <laughs> having to excel uh, nate you're having a, to you're excel a unique person nate. while being yelled at like <laughs> it's, it's i gotta know, go find some i guess yeah i mean like it's it doesn't i mean you can go to parks and rec soccer you're gonna find it i mean like people are right always yeah you know pursuing sports out of balance but i'm sitting in the stands watching these grown adults scream at my son and i'm just thinking like man it's great like it's and, you and decide, I'm thinking they're outrageous. This is outrageously hilarious. Yeah. Um, but it's not bad for him. This is fantastic for him to have to. So you didn't feel the need to get involved in that one because that was a great. No. It would have just been a fight. Later on, I um, uh, I did yell at the ref because they were all, they were, I was sitting with them. I was actually in the mix of all the people who were yelling at my son. And I was keeping stats and they didn't know that it was my kid and you know, they're all losing their minds. <laughs> so it was, it was pretty great. And then I did, the, the ref was starting to freak out because he was losing control of the crowd. And I just yelled at him to tee the crowd. Uh-huh. I was like, tee him up, like tee yeah. the crowd. And then I got all the stink guys. That's all I said. I just went back to stats. The best thing about it for me was then I took my son after the game back to our hotel and all of those parents were in the lobby. And we were staying in the same hotel by chance. <laughs> you know, it was like quite a ways away, actually. But we were there and we got in the elevator with the opposing coach who was still all fuming mad at my son. And like we had like a nine floor elevator ride with this guy. Fantastic. And and it's when I first saw him in the elevator lobby and my son was like kind of like hit me. And it's like, you know, gave me the eyeball. Like, look at this. 
<laughs> I was like, aha. And so I just walked over to start chatting with him. <laughs> nice. And so I just started chatting him up and he was still kind of mad, but answering my questions and not understanding what's going on. We get in the elevator together and he mm. was, you know, just not sure what to do, you know, like, mm. oh, what, what do we do right now? So it was, and it reminded me, that moment reminded me the most of when uh, my dad had a town hall locally to answer questions from people who are accusing him of uh, all sorts of nefarious thinking. Oh, this is a great one. And so he had a town hall. And some local lesbian Avengers planned a, a boycott counter, like counter meeting where they could all hang out and talk about how awful Doug Wilson was at their own, you know, counter meeting. And so my sisters and I went to that one. <laughs> <laughs> and we went there and we slid in I the booths okay. at this bar. We went and saddled up in a bar with all the angry lefties who hated our father who were boycotting this town hall. And we mm -hmm. was like, hey, you know, introduced ourselves and just made it really, really awkward. And mm, that's awesome. And uh, that moment in the elevator, in the elevator lobby and chatting that guy up was more like that than many other experiences I've had. Those two were like two of a kind in terms of sensation. Hey, you were just screaming at my son and threatening violence and yelling the F word at him. Let's Man. chat now and then ride an elevator together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, it's pretty funny. So anyway, the, the whole athletic framework allows your kids to try to live a story. Yeah. They have a goal. They set goals. They go on a journey and a quest to try to achieve those goals. Um, it's all artificial. It's all constrained, and it's super useful because it brings all the intensity of emotion that the real real life does. Yeah. Um, and I love to use it. It's unfortunate how many people avoid it, and they especially avoid it with uh, boys because they don't want to see the aggression or they don't like the response. The, you know, they don't, they put a kid in something. They oh, see him, I, I think it's, they really... see him really behave badly. Their son, like, yeah. like, Whoa, he like totally lost his temper. He's emotionally out of control. That's a sign that you need to be doing it and you need to be training him, coming alongside him, training him to regulate. I think the parental involvement is so high with sports. Yeah. That a lot of people dodge it for that reason. You're like, how many practices a week? <laughs> you know, and on Saturday. You're like, what? What? Yeah. And so I think it's easier to I mean, to hey, dodge it. I had to wear sweatpants all through my podcast. <laughs> sports constantly. Season and that never was only ends. one of the upsides. Yeah. Um, but Full yeah, it's now. anyway, sport sports as like massive child rearing opportunity, but also narrative development. Yeah. Developing your like your experience in stories and and your skill set as a character. Mm -hmm. Or if we're being if we're being honest, completely failing and developing horrible habits as a as a character too. There are plenty of people who all they do in sports is reinforce their failings mm. because their parents don't have the nerve to correct. Yeah. Their parents are always supportive. Yeah. I, I've always been very honest with my kids about their performances. I've never, you know, I've never been that that person who's always like, "Great job, honey." Mm. You know, it's like, it's always been like, hey, we can run faster than that. Like, yeah, I know you can. Like, that's good job. I'm not trying to be that awful dad who's like, you have to be amazing, you know. Mm -hmm. But I, I don't, I want to walk a line where I'm not artificially just, you're, you're God's gift. You're just, you're amazing. Yeah. I'm just reinforcing. I remember watching a, uh, a Christian dad with this, his son playing baseball as, as a catcher. And the ball whipped past him. He missed it. He stood up, took his mask off, and started walking around slowly, looking for the baseball. Saw the baseball. Starts walking to the baseball as runs score behind him. 
Oof. And the dad yells afterwards, that's okay, good hustle. Oh. And and I thought, no, that's actually, that's this is a great teaching moment. Yeah. Don't lie. And and maybe that's the the theme of all of this is like the biggest protection when you are doing something like sports with your kids, and it is a drug or it is alcohol and it can be abused, but it also, you know, they can think they're amazing and get that participation ribbon no matter what. Also, it can be a bad you know, self-esteem builder too, is the the theme of just don't lie to your children. They yeah. just don't do it. Don't yeah. tell them they were amazing when they weren't. Yeah. Like <laughs> don't tell them they need to work harder when they did their best. Yeah. Like don't, don't lie to them. Like don't yeah. lie. Don't tell them they're Santa Claus. Don't like, don't tell them any lies at all. And so love them regardless of their performance respect them regardless of their performance but tell them the truth like have the respect them enough to be honest with them about everything mm. um that's good instead of blaming that other kid when your kid has a temper in flag football or whatever and you're like yeah that other kid was terrible it's like no like maybe he was but let's focus on this so are you like we got to get this under control <laughs> so anyway there we go that's our sports episode and then I like it hopefully um We'll be talking about Jojo Rabbit soon. Yep. Lamp coming up. Send the questions in. Send them in sooner because you want to get them in before we actually record the episode. Yeah, because there's no point in questions after the fact. We're never talking about something again. Except for all the times we do. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This has been Sass. Thanks for hanging out.